0: Okay, what's up, y'all? Will with Fly, and we just finished the interview uh, with the three folks at Chaipani that spent twelve days over in India, and now I'm sitting here with Marwan Irani, who is founder, executive chef, CEO of Chaipani Restaurant Group, um, a good friend, and he's been doing this for been doing this with us for a while. He's done uh, he's done the podcast. Uh, he was in the book, um, and I just have a ton of respect for this gentleman and the way he has built his business the way he operates his business the passion and love he pours into his business uh he and his team so marijuana thank you for uh taking some time today i know you're a very busy guy not at all thanks will a hell
1: of an introduction
0: (laughs) you are the man for sure so okay first of all we just talked to your team, or three of your team of the five that went to India, um, got their take on all that. Why was that important uh, to you to have that trip together? I know that was sort of Isaac's dream for a long time. Why was it important for you to have that fulfilled? Um, we, it's part of what we do with Chai Pani in particular and Bhuttiwala,
1: my Indian concepts, is we're telling a story. Not just through the food, but the visual story, the story of India, the story of street food of India. And I've got these guys, you know, our staff, front of the house, back of the house, that are all such a big part of telling the story. In fact, they are the ones telling the story. I mean I'm I'm barely in the restaurants anymore since I'm running around trying to trying to grow the empire, so to speak. So it was really important from day one for us for these guys to really feel like they owned that story, that they understood that they had, you know, what I call cultural competence. And they did a great job, all things considered, that many of them have never been to India or even traveled outside the country. But I always knew that at some point in order for these guys that, you know, and we keep our staff for a long time. um, We have just really high retention rates. So I knew at some point it was important that in order for them to truly believe and own and understand the story of india that we're telling through our food that they had just had to go there i mean there's no substitute you can watch movies you can read about it you can have me talk ad nauseum about it but going there changes everything and uh, so this was the first year we were able to actually afford to do that and we made a commitment that every year we we're going to send um, four
0: staff uh you know, hourly staff a year and at least four managers a year to india Wow, it's amazing. That's amazing. What have you gotten from them since they've gotten back? What have you... Well, everything I hoped for. I mean, their their minds were blown. Um, You know,
1: the kitchen guys came back with a completely whole new appreciation for what we do. Uh, What was really remarkable was many of them said it was amazing to eat in india but now that i've eaten there and eaten all over the country you know at least all over the parts that they visited and came back here like chaipani food is legit yeah in in, in many ways uh you know they came back recognizing that we've sort of evolved and pushed it forward uh from what it can be in india so that was really sort of you know it i mean i know that but and for my chefs to have to take my word for that as versus going to India, seeing it for themselves, coming back and then tasting the difference in how we do things and how things are done there. And um, secondly, they get it. I mean, that's the biggest thing you want is, you know, what's that old thing? You know, do they want it? Can they do it? Do they get it? (laughs) So that getting it part, going to India, I mean, it's one of the oldest civilizations in the world. It's one of the few places on the planet where um, you can have a 6,000-year-old religion Coexisting next to modern India with traditions that go back thousands of years, uh, all completely jumbled in on top of each other with you know modern civilization as we know it, and uh, very few places left where we can still experience both worlds. So for them to go back and see that, and, and you know it's palpable. Yeah. Um, the stories they've been telling our, our guests, the stories they've been telling us. I mean, it, it's huge, and it spreads. So everybody in the restaurant now is excited to hear the stories. They're picking up on that energy, and they're amped up to go to India. Um, I mean, yeah, there's some benefit in it for me, you know, that these guys come back from India with so much energy and excitement about a food and truly understanding what it is that marijuana set out to do nine years ago. But more importantly, I mean, it's a staff benefit. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. it's it's giving back to people that are given so much to us.
0: You're going to have a lot of people wanting to go on those trips oh, every year.
1: Well, the first round of applications, you know, it was I think people were a little uh, <laughs> sort of uh, what's the word? Um, you know, had some trepidation about like leaving the country and going to India and just going out there completely by themselves. Some of these guys had never even had a passport before. Um, after they came back, Oh, we're expecting next year's application. It's going to be yeah. tough. So, yeah. So, but, but my commitment to everybody was like, if you stay with us, you hang with us, everybody's going to go to India. That was a commitment I made at the staff meeting. Cause I knew that when we only picked the first four guys that, you know, everybody else would be feeling a bit left out and worrying if they'd ever get a chance. And I made a commitment. Everybody will go to India. If you work with us for a year, you care about this place and you care about what you're doing, we'll send you to India.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, okay. We're changing gears a little bit. So, you, you know, you started Chaipani nine years ago and now you have how many, I can't even keep up. How many concepts, how many locations total?
1: Yeah. So we've got sort of four concepts. Um, there's Chaipani, which is Indian street food, but it's more the daytime, uh, Hawk street, Hawker food. Mm-hmm. So really crispy, crunchy, mostly vegetarian based, lots of bright flavors, Uh, tamarind and and cilantro and mint and chilies and and sort of that's sort of the flavor profile of street food. It's literally called chaat which means to lick your fingers and that's the the name of the food because you're eating up in the street and you're you're eating with your hands then we have a concept called botiwala which is also another aspect of street food of India but it's more the nighttime grill street food of India so kebabs, naan, flatbread, sizzling meats over fire Uh, Buxton Hall Barbecue you know it's another concept for us that we're looking to grow that one too And that is straight up traditional Eastern North Carolina whole hog vinegar Mm -hmm. mop barbecue. And then we've got MG Road, which is our Indian-inspired sort of cocktail, um, craft cocktail bar and lounge. India Bollywood-inspired. So uh, a lot of funs with bringing in sort of a lot of the Indian flavors and spices in the cocktails. That's it for now. <laughs> That's it for
0: now. That's so it for now. those
1: are our concepts, and we're growing each one differently. Uh, Botiwala, we've got one, and we're getting ready to open number two and number three this year and grow that. Shaipani, we've got two one here in one in Atlanta, and I think we'll stick with the two for a while because they're, they're beasts to maintain Um, Buxton Hall We're going to do A spinoff of that Possibly something To do with fried chicken You know The Buxton Hall Fried chicken sandwich Was uh, touted as one of the best In America By Bon Appetit Oh really And yeah And then MG Road You know Anywhere there's a place That could use a great You know Neighborhood fun uh, cocktail bar, you know, we'll, we'll pop them here and there, a sort of anchor bar, so.
0: What do you mean, Chai but you've got the two Chai Panis and you say it's a beast to run, what do you mean? Well, Chai Panis is really my story
1: and and it's very chef driven, it's very ingredient driven, it's very community driven, um, it's very hard to replicate, uh, It's Indian food's one of the most labor intensive foods on the planet, I mean everything has to be done from scratch. Um, even if I wanted to, I just can't buy anything off the truck. you know I can't buy a condiment I can't buy a sauce I can't there's nothing. you got to do it from scratch and um, um, and managing it well and telling the story and getting the investment of the team in it, it's hard to replicate that over and over again. okay so whereas Botiwala was designed to be much more approachable, streamlined, counter service, much more simple menu I mean there's like six items in the Botiwala menu. Pani probably has 30. And because it's meat centric, you know, it's, it's more about marinades, meats, fresh herbs, and flatbread. So much more easy to replicate. Okay. And, and a more approachable cuisine. Yeah. Um, you know, Chaipani is a very specific cuisine. I mean, people are excited about it, and it's, it's, but it's very experiential. Uh, I watch people walk up to Boitibala and order as casually as if they were ordering pizza or burgers. I mean, it's so okay. approachable.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's one you're looking to expand. Exactly. You and you just said you were, uh, you just got back in town. How do you find where you're going to go next um good question i mean right now we're um well let me back up we
1: developed a location strategy you know we wanted to have a framework for if we're going to expand what's it going to look like and it's really important to write these things down because if you don't all of a sudden you find yourself without a strategy and sort of um Ad hoc restaurants all over the place, and, and it's a beast to manage. So, our first strategy was driving time. We wanted everything to be within a two to four hour driving distance of Asheville initially. Why? Well, it's easy to deploy resources. If I have to send somebody from one restaurant to another, they can get there in half a day. Uh, you know, we can handle emergencies. I can get to any of those places quickly. Um, second was uh, reputation. So, if you work with cities that are close to each other, pe- eventually people hear about you and they're excited about you coming. Um, and then, uh, and the third for me was sort of energy. So, um, does the city have a de- the demographic mix and the kind of people there that be excited about a new concept like Chaipani coming? Because it's a very specific cuisine. I'm not opening another better burger joint. So, those three are sort of the primary driving uh, uh, sort of framework for a strategy initially.
0: How do you get to know the city, though? I mean, you're here. How do you how do you go somewhere new, uh, Raleigh or Charlotte or, Nat- or whoever, wherever you're going? And yeah. I-
1: I just have an intu- i mean I know this sounds weird to say this, but I have an intuitive sense for cities and neighborhoods um, i mean I've lived all over the world i mean grew up in India, you know lived on the east coast, lived on the west coast uh, I've probably moved twenty times in my life, yeah and somewhere along the line just developed a retail sensibility um, and it's a sense of not just looking at. Uh, the vibe of a city, but somehow noticing the uh, kinds of places that are opening, the kinds of neighborhoods they're opening in. And that gives me a pretty good sense of what, how we'll fit in or not. So it's not just about picking a city. It's about which side of the city you want to be. is it East side, west side, you know, there's neighborhoods. And it's a gut thing. Uh, hopefully it won't let me down. <laughs> At some point somebody's going to say you've got to get more structure than that. But it seems to be working for now. Okay. I, I think cities have, like people... Have vibes. You know, you can you can tell a person's personality after you hang out with them for a little bit. Yeah. I really feel cities feel the same way and neighborhoods feel the same way. And having done what we've done for long enough, we know the kind of neighborhood and the kind of environment and the kind of building and location that a Chaipani would work in. Um, I look
0: for I look for energy. Look for energy. Yeah. What um, Speaking of energy, you, you, you probably have to expend a lot of energy these days. You, you wear a lot of hats. Are you still cooking much? Yeah, but it's mostly, um, it's mostly uh, what do I call it, uh, cooking for show, show cooking. Yeah. So
1: it's at events. It's at seminars. It's at uh, charities and foundations. Um, so in, a, in, in 10 days, I'm heading off to New York uh, to cook for the James Beard Foundation for their um, Sunday Supper fundraiser awesome. at Chelsea Market, you know, 350 people. Um, I'm sure it's New York's finest. And, and, and it's fun because there's an opportunity for me to really sort of cook for people that normally would, may not have walked into my restaurant. So I really enjoy that. And I'm doing a lot of it. And it's pushing me as a cook because in the kitchen, we're just repeating the same thing over and over again. You know, you're a victim of your own success. God forbid I change something in the menu. People will be out there with the... Uh, Pitchforks right. and, and torches, but when I get invited to cook somewhere else, it's a chance for me to really stretch and, and try something new and and uh, and get creative and innovative with what we're doing. So you do you try a lot of new things? When oh, absolutely, get? absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the foundation is always Indian flavors, Indian street food, um, but I really try to get a sense of um, the occasion, um, where I'm at. Uh, I really believe that restaurants have to be extremely. Um, aware of where they are. I mean, we're an Indian restaurant, but we're in the South. Yeah. So if I'm not using sweet potatoes and collards, and you know, and thinking of how can I make an Indian hush puppy or, or an Indian meat and three, not just because I'm trying to do you know the F word fusion, but because I'm trying to do the most honest thing that I could do, no different than if I'd picked an Indian street hawker off the streets of India dumped him in the middle of North Carolina with access to nothing but local ingredients, ingredients yeah. he'd make do. It'd still be Indian, but it, it would be using what, what's at hand, and that's what they're doing in India anyways. So, whether I'm in New York, whether I'm, at, you know, at a, at a sustainability foundation, whether it's about seafood, it's about making sure that, um, uh, that whatever I'm cooking is relevant to the occasion, and, and that's what pushes me then. It forces me to think outside the box and not just stick to the
0: classics, if you will. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, you've come a long way in nine years. You've had to, you know, you started with this place. You started on your first day. You ran out of food. I remember that story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and here we are. What's, um, what do you enjoy most about what you're doing now? Um, meaningful growth. Uh,
1: I mean, about a, maybe two years ago, somebody asked me randomly, so what's your goal? And I was like, what do you mean? Um, you know, and they're like, well, what's your goal? And I started talking about my sort of vision. And the person interrupted me and said, well, well that actually, no, that sounds like a vision, you know, but there's got to be a goal. I mean, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you explain to your people and your staff or well, what it is that you're doing every time you open a new restaurant? Like, what's the point? And it was the first time I really stopped and said, yeah, you know, it's organizations have vision, but at some point you also have to set a goal out there that's meaningful to everybody involved. That's the reason you show up for work. It's not just to do the same thing over and over and over again. So um, I, I sat down and started thinking through, well, what is it that we're working towards? And I said, well, we're growing. Well, why are we growing? Well, because it means so much in terms of what we can do, what we can give back, how we can take care of our people, how we can grow our staff that's been with us for a long time, help them, you know take care of their communities and their families so the word meaningful then came into the picture it wasn't just growth it was meaningful growth and then the last thing that popped in my head was like yeah but not growth at any cost uh, you know we have this inherent value system that's built into the founding people of the business and we always have to stay aligned to that if you're growing and lose sight of what it is that we set out to do and the things we care about then then it does become meaningless so meaningful growth that's aligned with what we value is, is our company goal. And you asked me, you know, what's exciting? It's, it's that. It's making the growth happen, making sure it's always meaningful, you know, that there's a reason that somebody can look at the new restaurant we're opening and say, I understand why they're doing it, I understand who they are, I understand who the people are, and understand what they're giving back to the community. I mean, that's huge. And, and if you can't tell that story well, then, then we're failing. And constantly aligning with the thing that woke me up nine years ago in the middle of the night and looked at my wife and said, I want to do this. Yeah. So that in off of itself, well, that's a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, what, it's what drives me, what gets me jumping out of the bed in the morning uh, and keeps me focused every day. You're still jumping out of the bed every oh, morning. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Because, I mean, how could it not be exciting to yeah. grow and have so much meaning built into it? And I'm using the word meaning to, as, a, as a placeholder for a whole bunch of things we care about. You know we care about the community and getting back and our staff and growing them and sending them to india and and um having a, a town once we open feel better off because we're there than not so it's it's a bucket for a whole bunch of feelings but you know it's a good it's a useful word meaningful because it implies that there's always intention behind what you do how could you not get excited jumping out of bed having intention uh being inspired and then being fulfilled when when you do
0: what you set out to do yeah for sure yeah. for sure Tell me about the team that you have here, because as you grow, uh, and to fulfill all that you just talked about, you've got to have, you've got to have the right people in place. You're going into new towns, um, new places. So tell me, you still have the core foundational team that you've built this with for many years. Every single
1: one of them. Yeah. So, um, We've got, you know, we all moved out of day-to-day restaurant operations. I mean, working the floor and running yeah. food and cooking beyond the line. And, you know, that, that was the original team, the original 10, 12 people that helped start this place. I mean, even before we opened the doors, it was the same people, um, you know, fixing the benches and, and re-varnishing the tables and scrubbing the floors. And now they're all in, well, for lack of a better word, executive positions, uh, giving their expertise and their um, experience back to new team members, you know, like... like Guys, you just interviewed that went to India, Andy and Gavin. So yeah, they're all with me. And every day, I wake up thinking about how do I help these guys grow, get better at what they do. Um, we started this initiative called Chai Pani University, um, and it's a combination of uh, executive leadership skills. Because these guys, you know, they didn't have careers in leadership and management. Right. I mean, right. they grew into those roles, and it's easy to assume that oh, well, you'll figure out everything you need to know on the job. Yeah, if you're running food or waiting tables or even cooking in the kitchen, that's true. But once you're managing people and, and having difficult conversations and managing conflict and thinking strategically, these don't come naturally on the job. Uh, you have to invest in teaching those skills. And I think that's what helps our team stay. Is all the fulfillment that they want from their jobs. We're thinking of ways to provide it, so no, they never feel like, oh, I've maxed out. This is the most gross person. Yep. You know, let me go find that somewhere else. So I wake up thinking about that all the time. Like, wh- what do I need to do? Um, you know, leadership development seminars. Um, this year, as part of everybody's comp package, we announced uh, a um, a um, uh, what do we call it? a stipend for self-development so in addition to all the coursework that we pay for all year long and the people we invite to talk and about leadership and management uh, on top of that i said anything you want to do on your own here's you know a stipend to do that and i want you to use it i mean and and go out there and because i can't think of everything that you may want to do for yourself so you know somebody else may look at this and say oh well you're trying to put together you know a company package of benefits i'm like no these are not
0: benefits this is investment yeah yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. Um, what else is on your mind these days? Well, giving back
1: is really um, on my mind a lot. Uh, maybe it's a function of getting older, well <laughs> But, you know, I'm next year I'll be 50. And it's, uh, I do look back and in moments like this when someone's talking to me and asking me to recap how far we've come, uh, I recognize that you have to credit so much more than yourself and the people around right. you. I mean, the, the people that come and eat at your restaurant, you know, the town, the vendors, the support system for a restaurant to do what it does, and you know, this is massive. And we take that support system for granted because we feel like it's transactional. Well, we're paying them to deliver stuff. We're paying them. But if you move that, uh, move it past transactional to relationship-based, um, it... it it changes how much and how far people are willing to go for you. And over the years, people have went, gone so far for us, you know, our community or their customers or city um, that I wake up every day thinking, how do I give back more? And it's a virtuous cycle. <laughs> the right. more you sit there thinking about how you can give back, the more people then want to continue and maintain that relationship with you. So, um, you know, we, um, and not just in our communities. I mean, we're, thinking, like, how do we expand that outside for communities? So we launched an initiative where we're supporting these um, this uh, community center in one of the largest slums in Mumbai, uh, the Dharavi Community Center, where we are supplying books and educational tools for them and two of the girls that are about to get ready to go to college were sponsoring them for college. So it's locally and globally, wherever we can in a way that actually makes sense. I mean, it makes sense for me to do it in India because that's where I come from. So that's, that's big in my mind because um, I feel... Um, I don't want to just write a check. Right. Um, How do we do it where it's work, where everybody's involved? It's not just waking up and stroking a check and feeling like
0: you've done something to help the world. Much more meaningful.
1: Much more meaningful. So there's that. And then um, a sort of legacy that um, I'd love for um, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, um, Indian food in America to be completely different from what I grew up eating and people's perception of it would be completely differently and somebody hopefully looking back and saying hey along with all these people that pushed it forward and and made it what it is today you know hey that company and that guy played a big part back in the early days of doing that Um, and then the last thing I'm working on is this initiative called Brown in the South um, where myself and three or four other pretty renowned Indian chefs that all happen to live and operate the restaurants in the South We recognize that at some point we have to, as immigrants that now live here, at some point, I mean, well, the question is at what point do I stop saying, um, hey, I'm from India and I happen to live in the south and start saying, hey, I'm a southerner and I happen to come from India. Right. And the reason the distinction is important is because when you don't do that, then you never truly um, claim where you live and, and never truly become woven in the fabric of that the south is changing so rapidly sure it's so diverse and it drives me crazy when people um tell me oh you live in the south as there's some stigma around it and i'm like are you kidding me i love living here i mean you know it's yeah of course we have a history that goes back a long way but what part of the world doesn't and i feel like i need to play an active role in helping sort of tell the story of the South differently, where 20 years from now, people will look at the South of the United States of America and say it's one of the most diverse, hmm. uh, culturally forward, uh, progressive, um, cool parts of the country. And it'll only happen when people like me stop saying I'm from India, but I just happen to live here for now. Yeah. And start saying I too am a Southerner, stand up, be counted.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I bring my history, my background to this this part of the country, just like every immigrant, from all around the world has always done so. So the initiative is to encourage you know people that have immigrated here and are calling this their home to start thinking of themselves as southerners yeah. and and maybe write a new chapter in what it means to be a southerner. What and what do you I mean what specifically are you all doing around that? So well we're chefs yeah. so we essentially started a dinner conversation where we um, uh, imagined like okay if we truly owned living here would we cook differently? Would we uh, present ourselves differently? Would we act differently? And we found that we, we were. We were more engaged, uh, more looking into the history and the tradition. And I'm speaking purely culinarily, mm-hmm. into the culinary traditions of the South and Appalachia and uh, how much of that can be incorporated into what we do into our restaurants. Um, so we started a series of dinners showcasing that. And this is the only way we know how to have community is to get everybody around the table to eat and talk and the people that gathered on the table were you know journalists and culinary sort of you know deep thinkers and enthusiasts and uh, progressives and people that were very much uh invested in you know the south becoming more progressive and it, it, uh, so it started with a dinner but then a conversation evolved around that and what led out of that in no big part because of the series we did was me and my four other brown chefs uh, Manit, uh, Asha, Vish and Chidi were named Southerners of the Year yeah. by Southern Living Magazine. Yeah, that's amazing. Four Indians, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what I mean. It's like everybody can be a Southerner. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. You don't have to drive a pickup truck to be a Southerner or wear right, a trucker right. hat. Everybody can be a Southerner. Just stand up and be counted and participate and engage and and reach out and, and we you know we, we people do that but i i wanted to make it overt i, I wanted to i felt like my daughter who looks like me um, you know I, when people ask her where are you from and she says from the south i don't want them to say well no but really where are you from right 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 and not that there's anything wrong with that cuz it's of course you want to everybody has a history but for when somebody says where are you from and she says from the south say oh of course that makes sense tell me a little bit more about your heritage yeah as far as says, wait! How can you be from the South? You you look brown. Right. So I thought Southerners look this way. So that's what it's about. And and then Time magazine, you know, um, in their uh, issue, I think it was the September October issue, had an, their entire magazine was about um, the South. It was a Southern issue. And Stacey Abrams, who was running for governor, uh, was on the on the cover of it. But there was an article in it about thirty one people that are changing the South, and I was made that list. That's awesome. so that's what I'm working on is, it's is fantastic Moving is on. putting the energy and the time into changing the South not because I'm saying there's something to be ashamed of but every place that has people coming from all over the world to live there need to give as much as they're taking yeah and it's easy to take from where you live you have to be much more intentional to give to where you live and that's what I'm trying to do
0: and you are doing a wonderful job of it, and uh, and you've, it's it's amazing what you've accomplished in that area. And it, look, the South is is changing in so many good ways yeah. because of that type of mentality, and that's um, that's exciting to see. Um, Thanks. What you're doing with 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 food and marrying together, you know, traditional Southern cooking and bringing in uh, what you bring from India is uh, it, it's it's amazing. And I love the way you're looking at, it. I love the way that the philosophy you have on this, your approach to it it's authentic, it's genuine. It's, um, uh, it's thinking about so much more than just your restaurant and your group of restaurants and your legacy that you're building is amazing. So all the things you just talked about that you set out to do in marijuana, you're clearly doing it with a lot of intention, a lot of purpose, a lot of thought, a lot of care, a lot of love, a lot of passion, a lot of energy. Uh, and it's, it's paying off. And, uh, I'm, I'm, well, thanks, man. I
1: mean, I'm, I am privileged to be able to do that. It's not, it's, it's, and I recognize that, um, you know, I have a platform, I have a (laughs) restaurant, it worked. Yeah. Um, so it's not that, you know, everybody can just pull up, pull themselves up by the bootstraps and say, "Well, go out there and change the world. Sure. Sure. So I recognize how lucky I am to have that chance.
0: Yeah. Well, you're capitalizing on that and that's great. Yeah. You're, you're taking advantage of it. So, um, and doing a wonderful job with that. Well, listen. I'll, I'll let you roll. I know you're Thank a busy you, guy. I appreciate catching up with you as always. Thank you. Same here. You. No, always a pleasure. Um, thanks
1: for thanks for listening to me talk. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Take care.
0: All right, man. All right, bye. See you.